Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays back yet again as the Celtics offseason hot stove is heating up. It's We've had... A whole two weeks off from the end of the season feels like a lot longer than that, Chris Forsberg. Did we have two weeks off? Like they hired seven coaches, and like, and then two days after the season ends, and now it's Bradley Beal Palooza. I don't, I don't think there was no time off. It felt like a month to me because the last time they ended early, Danny retired (laughs) the next day, and Brad Stevens was elevated, and and everything went to um, Mm. didn't go to hell. Everything got crazy quickly. This was the first time where like they they lost, and it wasn't immediately into the draft. True, like three years or something like that. So I don't know. I'll take it here, but but things are <laughs> happening. There's, we yeah. haven't talked for a couple of weeks. The Celtics have two new assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Probably need to mm-hmm. hire what, like three, four more at least <laughs> to talk the staff. We'll see. That's like that's item one, and that's that's on the back burner now because we right. have we have big decisions coming. We have a lot of trade rumors. We have mm. revisiting Bradley Beal trade rumors from a couple of years ago, which is don't dig up any of my archive. Yeah, exactly. Go. So, so there's a lot here. And I like, and we also actually, this is the first thing I want to talk about. I want mm. to talk to you about your, your cooking kitchen series. <laughs> Boston. If you guys have not seen this, Chris has put together a bunch I mean, of minute clips to kind of break you. down some big decisions for the Celtics and the CBA. And the first thing I want to know, like, where, where was that filmed? What, 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 oh, so, you know, about? you know, it's funny. And I, I want to say it's my kitchen. No, it's uh in, in our studios in, in Needham, we have this like demo kitchen. And so we've always joked that we need to parlay it into something. Uh, and maybe that's why I don't feel like the season ended forever ago. Cause we, we did that last week at some point uh, in over, over the course of a day. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, how, how long can five minutes of segments take the film uh, when when you're working with me? It can take forever. So, uh, yeah, like and you could probably tell what I did. I, I, I interviewed smart people first. I went to to fellow winning plays host Ryan Bernadoni. And uh, then I got Bobby Marks on the line. And I was like, you know, explain this new CBA to me so that I can sound smart. And then we came up with this this idea of like. Because we just kept saying like the NBA is cooking up this this new CBA, and uh, some some even smarter people at my place came up with the idea to do this this sort of retro kitchen theme. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I hope, I hope, I hear a lot of people say they're visual learners, and uh, I'm probably in the same boat. Like you can tell me something, but until I until I see it, so uh, if if you'd be so kind after you listen to winning plays to go to go click on some of those links and and watch me toil in the kitchen uh the, me destroying pies that we got from like Wegmans or something so uh yeah it's 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 been fun but uh now 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 we're cooking up a whole new uh the, every day that it changes right everyone goes right from the CBA to like okay can we how do we cram Bradley Beal into that pie and uh and so now it 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 it, it never ends well, let's let's just get you out of the way because okay. that that's that's the hot topic to do right now, and I don't think we need to spend more than five minutes on it. Um, it's I just think it's a like, I mean, you kind of broke it down well as well a lot yesterday. Yeah, 
on NBC Sports Boston. If this was going to happen, this was going to happen a couple years ago. Yep. And now we're at a point where Bradley Beal has tailed off. Not that he's bad now. He's probably mailed it in for a Washington team that's kind of stunk. But he also, the numbers are not supporting the fact that he should not be, he is not a super max player heading into his 30s. And people know that people know we have Derek White, right? Like you, yeah. you know how you, you know how you get all the production of Bradley Beal plus defense play 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 Derek White thirty <laughs> minutes. Like I don't I, sometimes I think we overthink this stuff a little bit and like I, I think the other part of it too is you know and I'm sure we'll be writing this a, a thousand times coming up, but Derek White is going to be extension eligible coming up and it's going to be a big deal because the Celtics have to figure out you know, how to retain him long-term and, and, you know, what's the number that you're willing to pay? Can you lock him up now? And people are going to say, Oh, $30 million a season for Derek White and lose their mind. But when you don't probably have Malcolm Brogdon on the books at that point, and you're, you're looking a little different, but like to me, Derek White is the third star of this team now, right? Like the way he played in the postseason, the way he compliments your, your, your star players. So I get it. I spent probably way too much of my life pondering ways to get, Bradley Beal to Boston but just as you said once he signed that Supermax it got really hard and then if that wasn't enough like even with that new Supermax I was like okay I could see a way where you know he uses that no trade clause to sort of power play his way to Boston and would have to do the the Anthony Davis and be like that's the only team I'm going to and you're gonna take like a bad trade and and to, to make that happen one as you said the the play in recent seasons doesn't give you much reason to want to do that and two uh, the new CBA has pretty much crushed every single dream of that happening because there's just no viable way to carry three Supermax players without just totally stripping your supporting staff and 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 bringing on the or supporting cast and stripping your ability to use all these mechanisms as a second apron team. So I just don't see the roadmap. And unless Jason Tatum goes to the Celtics and says, yo, the only way I'm re-signing is if you go get me Bradley yeah. Beal, you know, that forces your hand. But I don't think otherwise it's something that the the Celtics would truly really ponder. Yeah, it's if the only way it may like they could do it for this year, but that would be just this the year. Mm-hmm. Like they can like really push all their trips in on this season with those three guys. But that's that's. But then it completely. Do you think up. Bradley Beal makes them? No, that and much. I don't think that necessarily like guarantees anything. Like, what is that going to get you? All of a sudden, now I'm just writing how I'm mad that Derek White isn't playing over Bradley Beal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Time. So, what have we learned? What have we learned? I know. So I, I, I look. I think Bradley. Just as you said, I think Bradley Beal would be invigorated by a potential trade. I think there would be something to the idea of like how excited him and Tatum would be to play together. But sometimes those things are just like way more fun in our mind than they are in reality. And I just think the Celtics are at a different stage in sort of roster building. I think even since the infancy of those rumors, the strides that Jalen has made, and I know people are still so angry about the playoffs and Jalen's eight turnovers and everyone's ready to trade him and grant and blow this thing up. And it, it's overreactionary to me. And so uh, you know, everyone who says, because uh, the, the the most common response to my little tweet yesterday about there's I, that I don't see the Bradley Beal pathway and everyone's like, we'll drive Jalen to D.C. And I'm thinking, if you think that Bradley Beal is a better option than Jalen Brown, then I don't even know where to start with you. And uh, I just like I can't even have that conversation with with an irrational, irrational fan base. Yeah, I mean, it's 
is he a better postseason player than Jalen Brown? Like historically, like that can do we know that answer? No, we don't even know. Like that's the only debatable thing. He's not a better regular season player than Jalen Brown right. at this point in his career, and that's I think the the bigger. More important so people understand he makes the same amount of money that you're worried about paying Jalen Brown and commits the same number of turnovers that yeah. you hate Jalen, like that you hate about Jalen Brown. And so I just, again, I do think some of that would be cleaned up. I think the, the, the kind of looks that Bradley Beal would get Boston would be amazing. I think, you know, he definitely plays the sort of position that could maybe better accentuate Jalen Brown. And if you want to have a conversation about like how you're getting the most out of the wings, like mm-hmm. I get that. Um, I just, I really do. I just can't help but feel like the ship has sailed. And I'll continue to say that until Bradley Beal comes out and says, the only team I want to go to is Boston. And Jason Tatum starts power playing, you know, well, my, I'd really like to stay in Boston, but I need to see like Bradley Beal in, in green. And then that changes everything. But until that point, I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of keep repeating myself. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. Now, right now, fallen during the MLB season, the Red Sox have been up and down. It's been a rough run for them lately. And to be honest, if I'm looking at bets on the Red Sox right now, their offense has been terrible lately. So I'm betting the under on those run totals in a lot of these games, Lily, because the days have not been putting anything on the board. But you can check those out and a bunch of other possibilities. And don't forget your chance to make your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks, user permission. 21 plus and present in maths. First online real wager only. $10 $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fando.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling line, gambling helpline, ma.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. It seems, in my head, the only way, and this is, I, you know, it, it fully seems like Beal could be traded within the week here mm-hmm. um, to Miami, Maximize whatever the cap situation. Even, yeah. Milwaukee, exactly. Like whatever scraps an Eastern conference contender has available for him for the wizards. I will say, um, yeah, the only way if, if things somehow go haywire with Jalen is the only way this gets like right. revisited. I feel like now, which I don't think is going to happen now, or maybe it happens, you know, at the end of next season, right. if the wizards hold off a year, then I think it gets a little bit interesting because, at that point, Jalen is on the Supermax, is eligible to be dealt at that point if things don't go well this year. And if Bradley Beal is still hanging out there and still kind of yep. holding his cards. And then then you maybe, you those whispers become louder again. But short of that, this summer, it's close to, you know, barring them giving up on their long-term future, building a team around Jason Tatum for next year. It, it's hard to see anything happen. So we... We went over the five minute limit on that. That was too much. So I'm I'm more intrigued now for Ooh. the the prep. I like you in this past week. I have started to dig deeper into the CBA. Yeah, I've started to 
to listen to the experts, actually started actually reading the document itself, which is uh, oh boy, it's a real even a real I didn't go down that yeah. that that slippery yeah, slope. I didn't I didn't make it all the way through, but there is a lot. Of, there's a lot in there, and I think the biggest thing in there that you've covered that we've we've already do is that like the 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 interesting decisions that need to be made in the next couple of years and how many will be pushed forward to this year. And I think the, the front and center one is something you wrote about today. Something I'll be writing about in the next week at Mass Live Zoo is, is Grant Williams now. Yeah. Because the situation with him, can they bring him back? Sure. Can, mm-hmm. but there's a couple of things. If you bring him back now, then you're probably saying you don't, you don't get your, you don't get your mid-level this year. Right. Barring an, another bigger deal down the, the roster. And you also are putting yourself in a much tougher spot next offseason and the offseason mm-hmm. beyond that in terms of managing this payroll. So my I've heard all sorts of different takes in terms of what their direction is like. What is what is your gut say in terms of how this is going to play out right now? My gut says they have to maximize every asset they have moving forward. And so whether it is retaining grant on probably slightly above mid-level like non-taxpayer mid-level money yeah. and just sort of figuring it out from there. Um, I thought it was really telling, like to, to sort of kind of go back to, you know, I, going into the off season and even before I really dug into the, to the CBA, I knew that there was going to be a money crunch somewhere. And I, I kind of wondered where it would come from. And I think if you look at the roster at the end of last season, the one thing you come away with is there was some, you know, imbalance to it. And so I, I'd asked Brad about it during our sit down after his uh, end of the season press conference. And I thought it was interesting. Like I, without really staring him, he said, you know, we got to kind of look at the roster and and decide like what spots are our priority. And to me, that was sort of hinting like, okay, our front court wasn't as perfect as it could have been. We had good got like Muscala had a good stretch after getting acquired. Luke did his thing early in the year, but it was clear by the end of the season, they needed another big. And it was clear too, that they had too many guards. And so, like, if you're going to prioritize something this offseason, I think- And they have no wings. Grant, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you've, you've got to gotta have guys like Grant. You probably need to, an, an, even another upgrade there. And, like, so for me, it, come, it, it all sort of, it, in, you know, probably our next topic. Like, I, th- I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's here next year. And you did a great job writing it up on Mass Live. Like, I just think you have to start exploring trades that cut salary and probably get back some sort of backup big- that can help you deeper into the future. So uh, long-winded way of saying, I think Grant, unless a team swoops in with this like crazy offer, is back here next year. And I think he's actually like in a much bigger role. I think you start thinking about like, is him and Rob the right starting front court and moving out to the bench? Um, if you're going to invest, you might as well try to figure that out. And you know, again, no even if bringing him back doesn't mean he's here for the duration of the deal. It's just a matter right. of you need good players or good potential players and you need to maximize those assets. So unless someone swoops in and I just don't see the team that's giving Grant $17 million per season. Yeah. So, uh, and then that's probably something I, I probably didn't stress enough in the article because we originally it was supposed to be one big article and then it, we, we spread it out over five days. So like when you look at the teams, Detroit and Houston, like teams with cash space, like is Emay, is he like Grant Williams as a priority? Yeah, right. Like, no. I, want, I want that voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we can have another fake fight at a practice and uh, and do that whole routine again. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, I just think ultimately it comes down to Grant test the water. Um, I think teams are going to be very hesitant to lock up cap space with this new CBA. And so I don't even, I, like even getting offers could be difficult. And I think ultimately they settle on. I, I've I've sort of landed at four fifty two, probably a, a, a maybe right around what he was was thinking or what he got offered. 
yeah. last offseason. Might be and, worse, to be honest. He's like, yeah. when you look at it, like, to your point about the teams, there's seven teams of cap room. Rockets, Spurs, Jazz, Thunder, Pistons, Pacers, Magic. In theory, that could have more than, like. The Magic who, have 94 bigs. They have 94, exactly. They have 94 bigs. And no, none of those teams is A, like a win now team. Yep. And B is a team that is going to be like, yeah, we need like Grant's going to be the adult in the room to like, no, like they, they have bigger fish to fry or they want to like rent out that cap space for like picks and other good stuff, like Mm -hmm. tying it up on a restricted free agent here. And this is where like the, the rules change for restricted free agency with this new CBA. It's only 24 hour wait period. So it's like some stuff is still in favor, you know, as leaning more towards the players on that front. But that's still like yeah. not the market you want to be going into if you're Grant Williams here, especially coming off the year you had. Yeah. And so, I mean, part, part of me wants to absolve Grant from like he got put in a tough spot. Like Joe inexplicably benching him in March was weird. And like, you know, credit to Grant for kind of hanging in there. You know, think about the, I think it was, I forget it was February or March or whatever I wrote. Uh, I've already forgotten. You know, he, he gets DMP'd. He comes back. He has that Cleveland game where he does the I'm going to make them both and then misses right. both and costs him a game. Then he goes and has that the end of the of the of that long road trip, has a chance to win it. Freelance is going to the hoop and gets blocked oh, by that one, yeah. Kessler. You know, it was like a really bad stretch for him there. And, and you know, he could have gone and just kind of disappeared for the rest of the year at that point, but hung in there and was a game too late getting him in there against the Heat and didn't have a great end of the Heat series either. So, um, you know, he's got to definitely improve if he's back here. Uh, and yet I think the, the opportunity will be grander. And, uh, I like, I think in general, he's the sort of player that they should yearn to have on this roster, unless you can find an upgrade somewhere else. And then again, that changes the calculus too. Celtics have to know going into this off season, are they, are they confident they're going to be able to move Malcolm Brogdon for, uh, stretch four type or, a, a four or five type that, or, or, or another wing, whatever the case may be, whatever they, they think they can, that, that eliminates Grant's redundancy, um, then maybe you just you know move I'll on. I'll answer that on, question but... for you there. No, ooh, <laughs> no, ooh. they can. <laughs> yes, like I don't, I don't see the roadmap. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's fetching that type of player. And you know, we were doing the early edition the other night, and and Tom Giles brought up this great point. He's like, you know, I'd love to have a Josh Hart type. Yet those players aren't available to you right now. Like you know, like I, I don't see the roadmap to getting them side and trades or whatever. Side and trades are more difficult now, and first aprons and second aprons, and I, you know, I don't even know the rules right now. Like, God bless you if you read that document because I, I still couldn't figure it out. This is the only season where you like can still kind of do some of that stuff before right. it all goes away. And this is, I talked about a little last week with, with BJAX on here. Like he brought up to like them not doing anything at the trade deadline did, didn't hurt, you know, obviously hurt to a degree during the postseason mm-hmm. based on injuries and, you know, what, how things kind of played out and who, and who there's a bit like, would Joe would have trusted a Josh Hart or whoever they could have gotten there. Right a Sadiq Bay, if you will, just another mm-hmm. shooter, someone else mm-hmm. like who knows if that, I mean, we don't have to talk about, it. but now and per, it's like, and, the, and now per, the Pirtle decision, like, how do you feel about that? Like I'd, I'd probably relitigate that. I was pretty anti Pirtle at that point for the price, but then yeah. when you saw what he went for and knowing there, what the, what that, that gap ended up being, that hurts a little more. It does. So, but now moving forward now, it's like, okay. So like, it would have been nice to have, and Pearl's different. You'd have to pay Pearl, so that's a right, different. Right. But like, there's a lot of guys, whether it was a Vanderbilt, who I know you were big on, whether mm. it was Zeke Bay, like who were under contract for cheap this year. 
which is would have been a big boon in this new CBA when you might lose that mm-hmm. ability to add anything above a veterans minimum if you want to keep Grant, which I think we both agree that they they should for the for the right price here. And now you know losing that ability, having your trade trips on the roster. Like, listen, I wasted yesterday morning, Chris, going through all thirty NBA teams to be like. You- you're to find ashamed. some Malcolm Brogdon trades. And let me tell you, there's not a lot of Malcolm Brogdon trades out there. That makes Was sense. there anything you liked? It is. I mean, trades that I could go for like a Norm Powell trade. Uh, right. Um, That's probably like the most they appealing one. Well, exactly. But would, would the Clippers like Malik Beasley like to get, mm-hmm. again, you're, you're losing some production, but you're getting out of the long-term part of the deal and you get a, and expiring, you can move that contract again and get maybe get an upgrade without having the the long term money attached. But that's that's a downgrade. Like that's can a you spin me any Nas Reed sign and trade. Oh my god! With, yeah, I don't think I can. Not if you want to keep Grant. Yeah, I know. It's so like, but but if you got Nas Reed, then maybe you're. I don't know. There's no right answer here. The the, the, the fact of the matter is, the bottom line is, I keep going through this. Is there's going to be a talent downgrade as yeah. early as next season? Right. Uh, you could punt that to next off season, but now you're going to have every team in the league looking to shed money and it gets more difficult to move salaries at that point in the matching of it. And I don't know necessarily if you can afford to wait to that point, because then, then it's, then you're really kind of putting yourself in a spot. So, uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, do you push all in now? Do you push, like, what's your guts? Like, do you, do you take the long road here and say, Hey, we want to start We're we're competing for next year. And maybe you like, you use a first round pick this off season to like Mm. try to up, like try to, you know, toe the line of being like, you have to downgrade some places, but what, again, like how big of a downgrade is Malcolm Brogdon to pay and Pritchard? Like it is a downgrade, but to what extent, if you can, if you can use that to upgrade other parts of the roster with a first right. round pick and stuff like that. So I look at it being like, yeah, like on paper, it's a talent downgrade, but you have a better well-rounded roster top to bottom. Now, can you build that? Can you put the better play players around Jalen and Jason, which to be honest with, and I don't want to like pile on too much on Brogdon. Like he was not in crunch time situations this year. It mm-hmm. was not great with him. No, and so, you know, it's funny because, like, I feel like we could do a whole Brogdon podcast. It's so weird. Here's a player that, and that's sort of how I, I started my CBA series, was, like, the Celtics signed him last year, and everyone's like, here's this guy that was sort of the missing piece. And for a lot of the year, it felt like he was. Like, he had some great spurts. The scoring was, like, crucial off the bench and giving them offense. But if you had asked me what I thought the Celtics were getting in Malcolm Brogdon when, when they signed up, when they made the trade last year, I would have said, you know, playmaker steady ball handling like he was a bit of a black hole like when he got that ball he wasn't passing it and i think there's this misconception about you know because i hear people saying all the time oh you know start him over 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 smart did he ever pass to Jalen this season how many lobs to rob did he not throw and that's not like maybe he just leaned into this role of okay he's not a true point guard exactly and so i think ultimately uh what it comes down to is you have enough at that guard position where 
there was redundancy a bit into Derek White's playing time. Derek's development, um, you said Peyton Pritchard, which, you know, we'll see what happens there. Like Peyton Pritchard and Malcolm Brogdon are not both going to be on the roster next no. year. It'll be one or the other, and they'll trade one of them. Um, but if both get moved, if like brackets wild, um, I'm ready for the J.D. Davison era. Uh, like, I mean, can you do worse for a third, fourth guard? You know, I mean, I'd like to just see it. You got to start drafting and developing guys. And yeah. I know he can't shoot right now, but you don't need him to shoot. Just like run some pick and rolls, get everybody involved. Uh, how many lobs to Luke did he throw at the end <laughs> of games? I know it's I know it's trash time, so I'm, I'm getting over <laughs> overhyped here. But I just think they need no, to start. It's, it's theory, yeah, like he's gonna be back on a two way, and maybe he gets some like you'll see what he has in camp. Yeah, like you so see what I he think, has in summer league. So whether it's the 35th pick, whether it's Jan Madar, whether it's JD Davison, like you can fill a backup point guard role with with something if you need to. I just think a good need veteran to... minimum guy too. Like there's gonna be yeah. a lot of guys in the market. I just think they need to better allocate their resources and Derek White's development has forced that issue. And if Marcus Smart is a long-term piece of this core, unfortunately Brogdon's the guy that's, that's going to have to kind of get moved. And, um, but like, as you said, it's, it's tough because I'm not sure what the value is for a soon to be 30 backup, you know, backup. Well, I guess you'd start on some teams. Uh, I think Ryan threw out the idea of, of, of calling the Spurs, especially knowing, you know, they got cap room, knowing you know they need someone to like they they have a pathway to just kind of like launch into this Wemby era um if you consider someone like like Brogdon even if you wouldn't get much in return from them uh other than maybe maybe eating the space and uh you know if you're the Celtics I don't know maybe that's maybe that's more valuable to you at this point where just getting off the final 44 million dollars of that deal as crazy as it sounds, right? It it wasn't the plan. Like the NBA told you for yeah. years, this is how you build a contender. You get to a point where you just kind of go all in, and then you overspend and you pay the high luxury tax. And then this year they're like, oh, by the way, uh, that's not how we do it anymore. And you got one year to be ready for it. And it kind of sucks for the Celtics because they're just they they did a lot of things right to get to this point, and now by no fault of their own. They've got to they've got to kind of make a tougher decision. Yeah, like the rugs getting put out of them. And I mean, yeah. the good news for them is like for the tough spot that they're in, there are probably already five or ten teams that are in tougher spots. Yeah, so true. Um, and good luck, of, Golden State. Good luck, Clippers. Yeah. Like the, I, a lot of those teams are just going to end up paying it and hoping that you know, like whatever, you move our pick to the end of the first round. It's where it's going to be anyway. But man, someone's going to get bit by it. Someone like the end of Paul George and Kawhi, like that thing disintegrates or whatever, like all of a sudden those teams are in real tough spots. Well, if you, you know, if you want to, if you want to go the reunion route, there are a couple options for you Ooh. for Malcolm Brogdon. What do you got for me? I got it. If you got, you want to check off Evan Fournier, he is, he is readily available. You maybe get a draft, maybe get a draft asset or two from the Knicks, get to clear that money. No. To rekindle that magic. It's, it's just the same, like watching the finals now, it's like, the Celtics wanted Aaron Gordon off that oh, magic. I brought, that I brought magic liked RJ Hampton over Aaron Neesmith, and that is why Aaron Gordon is a nugget, and that is why you were left over with Evan Fournier, and we all know how that turned out. Really, really hurts. I mean, I, I remember we I, – I, I, I know for certain the two of us were very staunch on the please get Aaron Gordon. When I saw Celtics trade to the magic, I said, yes, no. <laughs> so uh, the Evan Fournier uh, – Time in Boston did not go well. Seven trips in the COVID protocol and uh, not not a whole lot of return on that. So, you know, uh, plus, can you imagine Emmanuel quickly having to having to hear that Malcolm Brogdon is joining the Knicks? After, right. That's, uh, like, that's the thing. They have almost too many guards already yeah. there that are like young and good. So it would be 
yeah, like it's. Can you they, can you can you give me an Olenek? Is he's he got so Olenek is like I think Danny's gonna squeeze you though. Danny's gonna be like, yeah, you can have <laughs> Kelly, but you give us a pick if you want us to take Brogdon Ooh, too. And so that, that's up another pick. After. So here's here's yeah. another one for you. Ooh, Marcus Morris readily available with the Clippers. Readily available. You is, might even get a draft asset out of them. Is Jerome um, Allen coming back? As an yeah, right. Jerome coach? Allen will come back. You know, just come in. That there's your there's your power forward off the bench. Wow, who's probably going to be not getting back on defense and getting blown <laughs> by a lot, but he can shoot. So so uh, are we far enough away from 2019 to forget Marcus Morris gunning for half the season? Or mm, do we, yeah. yeah, I I I I don't think he I, wasn't I having think... fun. Remember that was that was the line of practice. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he he was he was a true teller. And I'll say that too. I thought that to, to bring this conversation full circle. I was thinking this morning as I was out getting my coffee uh, and thinking about Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, how ironic that he's the dude who goes to the podium at the end of the year and is like, you know, we just never tapped into the defense uh, <laughs> that we did last year. The worst rotation defender on the team is calling you out, and it it sort of just crystallized. I was like, you know. That's that. That's this season in a nutshell, man. Like the Celtics just never, never quite got it. All right, I have one more for you to wrap up. What do you got? One more, is it a reunion? Another reunion or two options? I'll give you two options. We're you know go how down much to, I love getting. We're gonna go down to Charlotte, yeah. and we're Gordon gonna Hayward? say Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari for Gordon Hayward. Oh my goodness, I'm all in. <laughs> I think I would do that. I know, I and the problem is, you know who would not do that? The Hornets. The Hornets wouldn't do that because oh, they wouldn't want sure. an extra year of Brogdon. But yeah. on paper. You're not again. You're adding more money. You're you're getting rid of long term money. What would be great? Probably a better if, fit. The, if the Hornets uh, drafted Scoot and traded for Brogdon and just went all point guards with their right. roster. Right. Like Terry there. I wonder yeah. if Terry is going to be available. Ooh. Based on what they do with the draft. I don't know if that's but, the right fit. Oh, that, that, is, that is another. Uh, you. I mean that he has a long-term deal now, so that that obviously that doesn't solve. Yeah. You're just you're creating more problems. Although he's uh, anybody who's on this like it's it's so funny, you know. Some guys on 22 million are 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 not acceptable deals. Some guys on 22 million might be good deals. Um, the, it's so funny. Like I I would I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know if the reunion route's gonna work. And just, just, there's not a lot of appeal on the reunion route. <laughs> we just went through, but it's it's hilarious going around like the 30 teams, maybe be half the options. We're former Celtics on on bad like mid level deals now. What's what's PJ? So again, the, the tie the Grant thing into it. What's again? I can't go to the Hornets. The Hornets aren't going to want Malcolm. The Hornets, me. they're not because yeah, because they because they have they're going to probably resign Bridges. They're going to probably resign PJ Washington, and then draft someone, and then who right. may sign a mid level guy. Like what, let's let's do this. Like let's let's go work reverse. So what do the Celtics need? They need like an elite sort of power forward type that will eventually take over Al's role or can step in and move Al to the bench yeah. or, and maybe make Grant expendable if you did decide to move on, or maybe there's a sign. Again, like they're, they're, they're in the possibility. So how do we get Wendell Cotter Jr.? Like, Ooh. Do we, Ooh. can can you, like, what's the overpay to get him? Or did the, are they too committed? I know they've got a million bigs. So they have a million, but you're right. So it is, let's see. Like, can we, so he's under, Wow, he was on a real bargain deal. Yeah, that's the thing. So that that's that's the one that would really fit into your budget nights. So it's a question. I think for him, it's like, how many first round picks are you willing to include for him to like get the win now piece? Yep. When you you Brogdon's your salary filler, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So if I, if I just called them and said Brogdon or like, you know, what, what, so what is what is his number? What is Wendell Carter's? So Wendell Carter's only 13. So you, you actually get like. You could, you could you do probably- sign and trade Grant. Sure. Plus, plus picks. So you're you're Ooh. sort of giving them another option and yeah. overwhelming them with picks. Like I don't know if Orlando cares about picks at this point, but right, every team the in the NBA should. So okay, I don't love the overwhelm with picks option. You know, that's as people say, just send the Wizards a million picks and figure out the salary. Like I'm like I don't know, I don't know if you can do that anymore. But if you were going to push all in, going for someone a young player on a good contract like that yeah. is probably the overspend I would rather do than necessarily so um because that's sustainable because that's a guy who can right it's going to fit your books for the three so it's like you're if you're giving up draft capital that's one that that has staying power as opposed to what you end up doing a frog and you thought that was going to be keepable and now you're just like oh this is it's only keepable for one more year probably so essentially if you do something like that you're moving again and maybe you move brogdon out separately there are ways where you could shed so like now you're taking grant out of the equation you're moving that 13 million back in you're potentially you're 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 tiptoeing around not being in the tax if you did something like that mm-hmm. and again it depends on what you have to take back for brogdon so right. um i think avoiding the tax would be a priority for a team that's going to be repeater heavy in the very near future especially you know two summers from now once once both those deals kick in um i think those are the creative type of deals that Brad Stevens ought to be thinking about. I like it. Uh, that's a good way to turn Like, keep an eye on the value deals if on teams that may not necessarily. Yeah, you know, I mean, Carter, I think, is going to be a tough sell because he's young enough and the Magic. Right. They might just really like him, but those, I think, those are the type of deals that the Celtics should be. You have to hope on. they draft a power forward or something. Right. Like, that's true. Know, which, like, which, Lord knows, based I mean, on their history, they'll do that. <laughs> you know, then, then maybe they need to clear some some room, and you got you got all those Wagner's and like. So, you know, I don't know. But again, that's that's sort of the creative thinking that I think they need to do. And that's what I thought they did last year, even with the Brogdon thing. You know, yeah. before this new CBA, the Celtics thought, like, what do we need? Let's over, let's maybe overpay for it. Uh, although that deal it, on, at first blush wasn't overpay. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's what, that's what, if I'm Brad Stevens and Mike Zarin, those are the moves I'm, I'm trying to cook out. All right. Well, we'll be watching that closely in the next two weeks here. In the meantime... Keep watching Chris cooking at NBC Sports Boston. That, I'm gonna go cook up that deal. Like I'm gonna yeah, throw in the goes, that's, that's the next video. Can't put wait. together. Um, <laughs> check him out on Celtics Talk Podcast. Uh, we'll be back here. We'll gear up next week. Draft week. We'll probably have a couple pods for that. Um, we even have. Do you have anybody I can start? I haven't. I, I'm, I'm very scratched the surface of draft research. I have no, no idea. God no. Nope. <laughs> After the last two years, right. it's off the table. I'm fully expecting this to be. Doubt for a future first or something else along those lines. Ooh, I like that idea. Um, but yeah, until until they show us that they're gonna pick someone outside the you know in the top forty five, I'm not I'm not diving deep into the first draft. pick of the Brad era. So it's gonna be a big one. We'll see yeah. if he's uh if, if they use it. They'll probably if they use it. Very Belichick like. But all right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week.